Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Judges chapter 20. There's a civil war. Most of the tribes of Israel are uh, attacking the tribe of Benjamin. They go for it, and it doesn't work. They'd gone before the Lord. They'd inquired of the Lord whom they should send, who should go first. It turns out it's Judah. And there's this similarity with the opening verses of Judges, but what's missing is they don't talk to God with the intimate term. They refer to him as Elohim. They don't use his name, Yahweh. Moreover, what's absent here is the promise from God for victory. So here is this civil war between the tribes of Israel and Benjamin, and it continues in verse 24 of chapter 20, the second to last chapter of Judges. On the second day, the Israelites advanced against the Benjaminites. That same day, the Benjaminites came out from Gibeah to meet them and slaughtered an additional 18,000 Israelites on the field. All were armed. Man, they are a, a small but really, really militarily capable tribe, these Benjaminites are. I mean, they, they've, now, they, they've now conquered more of their Israelite brothers than they have in their own ranks. The whole Israelite army went to Bethel where they wept and sat before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. Then the Israelites inquired of the Lord. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there, and Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, was serving before it. The Israelites asked, Should we fight against our brothers, the Benjaminites, or should we stop? The Lord answered, Fight, because I will hand them over to you tomorrow. So in this chunk of text, if you're watching this on video, if you don't have access to the video, you can look us up on allies.network, find Jesse Campbell Ministries. Uh, you might still be able to see this on YouTube, depending on when you're watching it. But in this chunk of text, I've highlighted verses 26 through 28. Uh, this, is the, this is the difference maker. So they've gone before the Lord. They've even wept before the Lord. They've asked God for guidance. They've cast lots trying to determine God's will. But they're getting closer and closer to the original worship practices prescribed. Here we are back at Bethel, Genesis 28, where Jacob met with God. Here it is again, the weeping. They're sitting before the Lord. And then look at this. This is one difference. They're fasting. Fasting is like the big guns of spiritual warfare, especially in a, in a corporate setting. When a larger body fasts, we go before the Lord and we sacrifice something in our prayer. Remember Jesus' instructions in Matthew chapter 6 for how you fast. You don't take fasting selfies. You don't make a big deal out of it. It's between you and the Lord. You're not doing this to look righteous. You're doing this because you seriously mean what you're praying. You're genuinely seeking the face of God and asking for His will to be done on the earth. So this is something that wasn't in the previous passage. They're now fasting that day until evening. They're offering burnt offerings. Okay, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus right here, all right? Uh, fellowship offerings to the Lord. Like Jesus was this, it's, he's the sinless one, but he's offered up as a sin offering before the Lord. So they're not, now they're making sacrifices. Now they're making offerings. Now they're fasting as they weep and as they pray. Moreover, the Ark of the Covenant is here. This is, the, this is the representation of the direct presence of God on the earth, the Ark of the Covenant. Now we've got the, the priests involved, Phineas, legit priest, zealous priest, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron. This is, this is like the original Israelite priests in the post-Melchizedekian priesthood. This is his grandson, Phineas. And they're asking, should we fight, a, uh, sh should we fight a, uh, again? 
right? They've, they've already asked this question before. And now what they've added is like, or should we stop? They're trying to determine the Lord's will. And Phineas would have likely used perhaps the Urim and Thummim to, to produce the answer on the Lord's behalf. The Lord answered, fight because I will hand them over to you tomorrow. And that right there, that is the biggest thing that was missing in yesterday's devotion, that promise from God. Okay, man, they were just kind of going out on a limb, but now they're going out on a promise. When we study the book of Joshua, you're going to see strength and courage, but it's strength and courage for this reason, because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's the source of your strength. That's the source of your courage. It's way better than self-actualization. So now they know, they know, they know, they know that they are in line with the word of God. God has spoken, and so they're going. The Lord has allowed them to suffer these defeats because he's shaking them awake for their own apostasy. He has used this unspeakable incident, and he's even using this civil war. This civil war has way more casualties than the event that incited it, but watch how God has been bringing his rebellious and idolatrous people closer to himself. By removing his hand and his favor upon them, they have now been driven closer to the Lord whom they left behind. Now, verse 29. So Israel set up an ambush around Gibeah. Okay, you'll notice that in yesterday's text, they tried the same tactic twice. It didn't work. Okay, now they're actually going to start getting smarter uh, in, in their, their, their battle strategy. On the third day, the Israelites fought against the Benjaminites and took their battle positions against Gibeah as before. Then the Benjaminites came out against the troops and were drawn away from the city. They began to attack the troops as before, killing about 30 men of Israel on the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah through the open country. The Benjaminites said, we are defeating them as before. Okay, what is it about, about pride that it comes before the fall? So the Benjaminites are vastly outnumbered. I mean, wow, like they're, they, they, they came out with like 26,000 and they're going against, they're going against 400,000 and they've been able to take out, you know, 22,000 and then 18,000 and there's 30 more on the highways. They're feeling pretty good. Hey, I, I think that we may be the underdog here, but you know, we're the champions of justice. We're going to defend our brothers who have been accused of something terrible. These men of Gibeah who, uh, you know, who wanted to, to rape a man and said they, they raped and killed a woman. And we're not going to have people making accusations at us. Like we're the ones who need to purge evil. All right. They think of themselves as the, as the underdog, the persecuted heroes in this story. We're defeating them as before. But the Israelites said, let's flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel got up from their places and took their battle positions at Baal Temar, while the Israelites in ambush charged out of their places west of Geba. And then 10,000 fit young men from all Israel made a frontal assault against Gibeah, and the battle was fierce, but the Benjaminites did not know that disaster was about to strike them. So these Benjaminites are still pride-ridden. They still think that victory is theirs. The Lord defeated Benjamin in the presence of Israel. Okay, who defeated Benjamin? The Lord. He did it in the presence of Israel. And on that day, the Israelites slaughtered 25,100 men of Benjamin. Some translations will round this down to 25,000. But uh, the CSB is truer to the original Hebrew on just on this, this factor of 100. Uh, 25,100 men of Benjamin all were armed. 
then the Benjaminites realized they had been defeated. All right, so they're beginning to realize it here, but they're going to get really stricken with a deeper realization of the stakes later on in the text. The men of Israel had retreated before Benjamin because they were confident in the ambush they had set against Gibeah. The men in ambush had rushed quickly against Gibeah. They advanced and put the whole city to the sword. The men of Israel had a prearranged signal with the men in ambush. When they sent up a great cloud of smoke from the city, the men of Israel would return to the battle. When Benjamin had begun to strike them down, killing about 30 men of Israel, they said, they're defeated before us, just as they were in the first battle. But when the column of smoke began to go up from the city, Benjamin looked behind them, and the whole city was going up in smoke. Then the men of Israel returned, and the men of Benjamin were terrified when they realized that disaster had struck them at last, finally. I mean, it's not until, it's not until uh, this point of defeat that they actually begin to realize how much they've lost. They retreated before the men of Israel toward the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and those who came out of the city slaughtered those between them. They surrounded the Benjaminites, pursued them, and easily overtook them near Gibeah toward the east. There were 18,000 men who died from Benjamin. All were warriors. Then Benjamin turned and fled toward the wilderness to Rimon Rock, and Israel killed 5,000 men on the highways. They overtook them at Gedim and struck 2,000 more dead. All the Benjaminites who died that day were 25,000 armed men. All were warriors. Okay, so here it rounds down the 25,100. Um, but 600 men escaped into the wilderness to Rimon Rock and stayed there four months. The men of Israel turned back against the other Benjaminites and killed them with their swords, the entire city, the animals, and everything that remained. They also burned this, all the cities that remained. So they're, they're doing kind of what they were called to do at the very beginning of, say, like the book of Joshua and some of their remaining tasks in the book of Judges, cleaning up what they were called to do but never really fully obeyed. Only now, it's against their own. It's against Benjamin. This is what happens cyclically in cultures. As we fall into leadership failure and lust overtakes us, we experience loss. And then the Christians who want to do the will of God, want to return to the will of God, want to obey the word of God, they face enemies, but it's not, it's not the enemies of God. It's people who profess to love God. Christians eat each other. This is cyclical. It's, 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 it's parallel to what happens here in the book of Judges. But again, that deciding factor, what changed the game was when they really sought the face of the Lord. They didn't just ask God who should go first. They asked the Lord, Yahweh. And they consulted with the priest, and they fasted, and they prayed. And then the Lord answered with his promise, I will hand them over to you tomorrow. And the text indicates the Lord is the one who brought the victory. Once again, every victory in the book of Judges was given by God. So, would you consider that your worship has been half-hearted? Would you consider what you have held back from the Lord? Would you consider your prayer life? Have, when's the last time that you fasted and prayed? Have you just been doing lip service during corporate singing and worship? Have you just been giving what's convenient instead of what the Lord has really laid on your heart to give? Have you been serving, but just, you know, half-heartedly? 
and you actually have a unique gift that the body of Christ needs and you're not really contributing in that way, would you consider this text and see the victory that comes with wholehearted worship as God prescribed, accompanied by the proper offerings and under the leadership of the priest Eleazar, accompanied by fasting? Wow, it's a game changer. So let our worship not be lukewarm and half-hearted. May it not be merely... Uh, merely a gesture in the direction of worship. Would you fast? Would you pray? Would you give? Would you serve wholeheartedly and then watch as the Lord brings victory?